What the f did you just say about me, you little? Oh, have you know I graduated top of my class in the TCL, and I've been involved in numerous secret raids on rogue dreams. I have over 300 confirmed top lane kills. I'm trained in solo lane warfare, and I am a top Wukong in the entire LEC. You are nothing to me but just another target. I will wipe you the f out with a precision the likes of which has never been seen before on this earth. Mark my words. You think a way you can get away with saying that shit to me over the internet? Think again. As we speak, I'm contacting every league across the world. You're not going to get banned, but you are going to get Q-sniped. I will take you the f*** out. Woo. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, this, this is the that's an intro. podcast. Um, that's a copy pasta that I had to kind of replace words on the fly. Nice. Classic little Navy SEAL and um, well-earned. I love the death stare. Welcome, by the way, it's Euphoria. It's the final episode of the season. It's Hello. episode 13. And for the first time in... Since Corona started, we have a guest live and in the studio, and not just a guest, but an LEC champion. Yeah, um, that's that's you, <laughs> an LEC yeah, champion, that is you, brother. Well earned. The reverse sweep. Yeah. Top lane king, final Nar engage. <laughs> has, it, has it has it settled in yet? Do you feel like a champion? I mean, not really, but I, I need some more time. I guess I didn't feel it yet. I need to watch the finals like. Ten more times, then. Ten more. Times. Yeah, I, I can't feel it. Then, <laughs> we'll we'll go through. We'll go through game by game and tell you, like, okay, here's the moment where you did really well. Do you feel it yet? Like, are you excited? Are you living for it? Um, yeah. Again, welcome. Thanks to all the audience who's who's tuned in to join us. This is the final episode of the season. We're going to be talking about, of course, the final series. We're going to talk a little bit about MSI towards the end. We'll also talk about what happened with Rogue and G2, and we'll loosely touch on what we can expect for summer. What this means for the future. Mad is our new reigning champions. Um, but yeah, but generally, like. What what a trajectory, man. Double TCL champion. You go to Worlds. You earn your spot by beating the <laughs> crap out of the previous Mad Lions top laner. And then you come in and you win them a trophy. Like, when are we getting the movie, man? Who plays <laughs> what famous actor plays you in the uh, in the in the documentary yeah. or the biography? Yeah. It was like kinda cool series by me. Like I'm always winning. Like 2019, 2020, and now this LEC championship, which I was not expecting at all. I think no one was expecting, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it was our first split with like new players, so people will say that they seem not bad, so they have chance in summer. You know, mm -hmm. they are like getting better each time, and we won the championship just like that. Yeah. Was was going to Europe something you ever wanted to do? Like you played in the TCL yeah. for a while. You always yeah, yeah, wanted yeah. to go to LEC. I wanted to go outside of Turkey to like major league yeah. but i'm really happy that it's lec to be honest because like the competition makes me feel hungry to play more games which is really good you know it's yeah, awesome definitely. the other thing that's nice is you're, you're close to home too which i think is right well, from talking to a lot of eu players that have made the trip over to na it's like pretty hard adjusting to going from if you if you played in lec living in berlin and being you know like an hour or two away from home at any given moment to then being like 10 12 hours away completely different time zone so yeah felt like i mean it seems like Obviously, a very smooth transition, given that you won the split, and you know, like again, cool to see you have got you guys have that much success. When we look back, you told me that like we, we you just said that like hey, people maybe didn't expect you to win. They're going to be good for summer. That was kind of the expectation. Did you like coming into that series? Did you were you guys like we got this three zero no problem coming into playoffs? Were you like we're for sure going finals? Like what did you actually expect when you started going into playoffs? When we started going into playoffs, to be honest, at first we talked that. Against Rogue, we have a chance, but I mean, at least I was expecting Rogue to be stronger because according to scrims, they were like a little bit better team than us in scrims. It was like 45 to 55. So I would say 
I was expecting to go to level bracket and like beat Schalke, Fnatic, SK kind of teams. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say we were the third team in my mind always this year because G2 and Rock seemed really strong. And then other than like after them, it was Mad Lions. Yeah, but we are in. But, but you beat them both. <laughs> yeah. You beat Rogue twice <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what changed. You think? Do you know what changed in terms of the playoffs? Was it meta? Was it your scrims? The way you adapted uh, and approached the game? I think stage came and I had the like Turkish stage beast. Just Turkish stage beast. <laughs> 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 no, I think like Elia actually surprised me a lot because I was like I had like less expectations from him at stage because he's a rookie. He's his first split in stage. Uh-huh. I mean. I, I'm playing for like three or four more years, I, three or four years before. So I know that rookie players are like not good in stage, you know. So I had like less expectations, but like he played really well. So mm-hmm. and like overall, our team played really good on stage, to be honest, that I'm really happy of. No, that's good. Yeah. And frankly, I was surprised because I think that was the big thing after after the struggles at Worlds was like, how good are Mad going to be coming back to the stage? Because yeah. um, frankly, outside of Worlds, the team before you joined before Ayoya joined got to play like seven stage games and then or like nine stage games and then we went into covid broadcast everyone played from home up until now they got a little experience at world so i i didn't i just didn't know what to expect so the fact that you with a rookie with a new roster you guys came up and got better on stage is still so crazy to me and the fact that first first round one of the teams is better than you rogue right mm-hmm. you guys beat them very convincingly yeah very very convincingly like they lose first game and then three in a row right yeah first game three in a row and what was insane was they were winning every lane on cs on average yeah i remember that actually and then you guys just obliterated them in every single team fight i think we punished them in the macro game really hard like especially the mid game because they were going side lane a lot and we just grouped mid and just dived them it's kind of like Schalke tactic because I always mm. see Schalke do that, to be honest. But like, yeah, we use that against Rook and it works. Yeah, and in the last, I remember the one of the games, it was the last game where it's, they had Infernal Soul. They had like a, an, an 8-0 Filios who yeah. was pretty much oh, unkillable. So you were so far down in gold. Almost similar to, to, to Sunday series yeah. in game five. Despite the soul, you're down like 7k gold, but you make the comeback team fights. How? How do you find these fights? <laughs> Who's the one like, screw it, let's just go? I think it's like all of us because like all of the players have clutch time in our team because we all have like really huge potential in my opinion. So it's like really good to have like suddenly we are doing something really insane and we are back in business, you know? Back in business. Back in business. Oh, you love to see it. Yeah, it's actually, it was, it was really wild to me in that series, but there was a little, like I could see it, especially because after that top lane fight where... You guys failed the reading comprehension test, which is what I call it when you walk into a Felius when he has twenty shurikens up. Yeah. Like I was like, I was like, oh Jesus, like, what <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> but then for the rest of the fights, I think the one thing that I really loved, and you'll learn this, I just really like a as a champion, so that's why I'm going to talk about him um, too much. Uh, is that like every time Hans had even remotely trash guns, you guys were like diving on him instantly. <laughs> like if he didn't have Chakram, you were just killing him every single time. He never got a fight when he had the guns that he Dracos wanted. Dracos is uh, an Aphelios connoisseur. Yeah, yeah I'm a big <laughs> he connoisseur. Loves it. I'm a big connoisseur because he doesn't take any hands to play. But there's a lot of like little things in his kit, so I can pretend like I'm big brain despite playing a no hands champion. So, <laughs> actually, that series, I think Rogue was scared to do some aggressive moves. Mm. They but they were like 10k ahead. They had like 10-0 affiliates or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They could just one shot the Nash, but they never started the Nash, which is like 
weird. I think they had like done this nice, you know, that game. Do you think those problems of indecision, indecisiveness and like lack of just make a call was showing in this series last weekend as well, the Sunday series that you just played, played against them? Because I feel like on the last game, especially, they were 7k up. They yeah. had like three globals, but yeah. they just kept grouping and trying to force fights with you. Did they? Because I think what they do is like they are going side lane a lot and they're losing time of the game. Mm. And they are giving us farm, like they are giving us time to farm and come back in the game with items. Because I remember looking at it and um, they got Baron and Ryze went top, but then he just TP'd into your blue buff to try and start a fight. And then all of a sudden, uh, Otto Amle dies and then they back off and then they run mid and then they'll TP in. Felt like they were mm. they were pushing the sides, but it's their end goal was just to fight you. Hmm, maybe. I mean, actually, Sunday Sunday game, the last game, I think it was like more of an execution of team fights. Mm -hmm. I think they should have probably have won that yeah. game, but they just misexecuted the team fights, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm when we look back, let's talk about the final series specifically. Um, game one, game two were like pretty rough right like <laughs> yeah. yeah game one game two were really rough and and again i want to praise humanoid because he was consistently winning in this mid lane matchup after consistently losing it the first time you guys plays at least in terms of cs that's the the easiest way i have to tell who won and who lost it's not a perfect metric but it's something um but then it just like it just kept falling apart and we got into game three and i was and i was sweating but uh game one game two what do you what do you think like went wrong for you guys to to give rogue kind of uh -huh. the wins back to back i think game one mm. We were winning the early game, I think. At least top side was really ahead because yep, yep. we were diving GPA. I was getting plays. We take drift, I think. That's what I remember at least. Mm -hmm. And then we had one team fight at the Drake, which Oriana ulted us like three men. And I got one shadow before even turning to Meganar. Mm -hmm. I think that was the game changer at first game. I mean, it happens in series, you know. It's, it's that game kind of over there and they played better team fight than us. It's acceptable. like. Yeah. But second game... That game is stolen from us because I think it yep. was our game. And it made us kind of angry because we should have won that game, you know. And yeah. we are we, we can do this, guys. We can win. Like, we can do 3-2. Uh, we can come back. So it kind of gives us the power that losing the second game because, I mean, it made me angry, to be honest. Yeah, and I can totally understand that because game one, I remember that game much more clearly now that we've talked about it. It's like... One team fight in the mid lane where I think Humanoid overstepped a little bit. You guys get yeah. one popped right next to mid lane on the bush heading towards Dragon. You guys get mm -hmm. popped. It's very easy. They turn it. And then all of those early leads that you guys built up just like become meaningless in an instant. And game two, Rogue get ahead. And I remember you guys having a couple really good fights. A couple really good shockwaves from Humanoid. Yeah. A couple like really solid things to get you back in the game. But then, yeah, in those last few fights when you guys are pulling back for a soul, I think, you whiff a shockwave mid lane. And again, Humanoid, as great as he played in the series, he did have two or one or two blunder moments. And I'm happy that you guys win so it can be like a ha-ha whoops instead of like, you know, a yeah. soul-crushing defeat. Um, and it just turned against you. But I'm I'm impressed that like that anger turned into better performance. Is that like a normal thing for you? Like, are you like a kind of guy that like when you get pissed, you play better? Not really, but like when I have the adrenaline, that I always think that I'm playing much better, to be honest. With like pressure, pressure gives me more power. Pressure gives you power. I yeah. like that. I like that. Yeah. We're going to bring that up. I think we're casting him aside. We're going to say that every time. Like, you guys don't understand. Yeah. He's down 04. He's been dove six yeah. times as NAR. But we saw this in the LEC finals. The pressure. You won't like him when he's angry, baby. Yeah. I think another player who's good on the pressure is Humanoid, right? Because even before the. Before the finals, I think it was, you just tweeted, LEC is so free. Yeah. Like, this is such a free win. Does he always have that kind of confidence? 
I mean, I don't know if he was like memeing or it was yeah. like he yeah. was real. I don't know to be honest, so I don't know what to say. No, because he was he was definitely popping off. Maybe he was place. serious there, yeah. Maybe yeah. he was serious. Because to me, Humanoid's a player who, despite being so good, if I look at his playoffs performance, it's just he always gets Oriana or TF or Victor. Just these three champions. And I feel like he has so much success on them. Uh, has the TF. And I feel like you and him play so well together to the point where you're both able to pick either team fighting or a split push champion with the TF. So you have like the Aatrox, the Urgot, the mm -hmm. Wukong and the Nar, all of those four work. And you've got like the Oriana, Victor and the TF. And it's like, Although they're small champion pools in a way, they're like so effective. I mean, I think it's about like the mid lane meta because I think Humanoid can play every champion. Like his Akali is really insane, to be honest, for example. And like the thing is right now meta is like many people are just first picking Orianna because it's like really, really strong, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm actually sweating a little bit for international because I feel like we're just like, we're living in our little control mage world and you've got the Doinby clips of him like, diving a tower while typing some yeah. of the spells in, in <laughs> yeah, team so chat and diving well. back. And they're playing a lot of Renekton mid. They are, I yeah. don't understand why, to be honest. Yeah. Because I don't think the champion is good at the moment. Yeah, the EU meta seems slightly different to the Asian yeah, meta. Yeah, maybe. Like, they, they're like Renekton in China. They were playing like Akali mid and stuff like this. Silas top, Sejuani top. There's yeah. loads of... It's weird. weird things. Yeah. I hope for your sake you don't have to play any Sidwani top. That sounds <laughs> like so boring. Like even Scion is more interesting than the Sidwani top. Yeah, the Sidwani top is it's a weird <laughs> one. I must admit it's Flandre playing it, I think, but it's really cool. Uh, it's, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, in general, and I think that like those picks make sense in the context of the meta. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that there are big changes for MSI, and that's something that we'll kind of see naturally. But on, on the subject again, back to you guys and back to this series, I'd love to know your, your feelings kind of about about your bot lane, because I feel like this series, they were kind of getting the shit kicked out of them every single game. <laughs> but every other series, but every other series, even the first Rogue series, they were like, even in the first game that you lost to Rogue, they were, Karzy was 3-1 on the Jinx. Yeah. You guys were killing people across the board. And like, so what what changed in this series? Did Rogue get better? Was it a bit of a struggle on the bot lane? Like from your perspective, kind of what happened with your bot mm -hmm. lane in this series? I think they misplayed the 2v2 a little bit and we let them weak side and i think the rough was like not helping to them which probably affected everything i mean we usually play strong side bot lane but in the series against rogue i was the strong side for some reason i was like okay i don't mind you know <laughs> i don't mind that okay. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think that's kind of it and like against g2 I think it was our bot thing that smurfed on them, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what threw me off guard, right? Is that when we come into the, we prep graphics for every player when we come into a series like this and we see who's going to perform. And like the Karzy graphic just has the most disgusting numbers on it. 1,000 like, DPM. He's got like 1,000 DPM. He's doing 50% yeah. of your team's damage. He's ahead of the enemy AD carry by like 300 or 400 damage per minute on average. And like some of that's jinx. Don't get me wrong. Strat stats are not perfect, but like the numbers were gross. And then we get in the game. Five minutes in, it's like 2v2 kill, he's dead. I'm like, well, we're going to put that graphic aside. We'll bring that back next time. So I, I was really caught off guard. But the one thing I'll say is that, like, um, while it did look rough at the start, playing to you certainly paid off. The Wukong mm. in game three and four, like, you yeah. immediately have three kills or two kills in yeah. both the games by, like, ten minutes. You're Divine Sunderer, you got the Serpent Fang, you got the Randuins, like... It pays off for you guys, and uh, it Rogue were <laughs> really did. not ready for the... Were you surprised when you got Wukong again in Game 4? Yeah, I was, like, really surprised because they already picked Varus and Lucian and 1-2, and I was, like, saying, we can't even third pick Wukong. I don't care about top lane matchup because this is, like, free win for me, you mm -hmm. know? And 
I mean, we didn't third pick Wukong, but we did Alistair. Like, I don't yeah. mind Alistair. was also really OP. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was actually thinking about getting Malphite also if they ban Wukong. But they just gave me Wukong. I was like... <laughs> they didn't ban why? it. I was like, why? <laughs> it's free. <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, may, probably they think Narf or beat Lilia is really good into Wukong. Maybe that's yeah. what they talked. Which is really good, I think, because Narf is winning the 1v1. And Lilia is really strong in the Wukong. Like, yeah. Wukong is really bad into AP champions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Do you, when you came to scrims and prepping, were you like, were you guys always ready for the Wukong as an answer? Like, why was the Wukong specifically good, good here? Because I, I knew you played it. You yeah. had a good win rate on it. But yeah. I didn't expect to see Wukong like at all Me in too. playoffs. Like, I'm not playing Wukong for three months or something. <laughs> we are not playing. I'm not playing. Like, even though in Soloki, I don't play the it, champion. It's just because of the Lucian mid, you said, right? Yeah, I mean, they pick Lucian mid with Varus AD. Mm-hmm. It's Wukong, man. It's, it's Wukong. Wukong or Malphite. Like, it's kind of <laughs> simple. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, well, you yeah. get the monkey engaged <laughs> champ or you get the rock engaged yeah. champ. They both build a little bit of armor. They both get a lot of passive armor. I mean, the thing is, Randuin is really strong, I think, because it's really cheap and it gives you like really good stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like Randuin into these champions, and Wukong gives me more armor and like more mobility to kill carries. Like it's dream. It's, it's the dream. It was yeah. yeah, and again, I have like really hated. I hate that champion. Wukong? When yeah. he when he got reworked and he was super OP. Obviously, he was insane. But then even at Worlds when you were playing it last year, every time I think I actually flamed you on cast, and I'm sorry now. I have to eat that. <laughs> oh I was like, I wish people would stop picking this champion because when it's good it looks really good but when you fall behind it looks like it does but nothing but I always won with Wukong kind of no? you did always yeah. win with Wukong I was wrong every time dude I was wrong again no, no it's not about you it's just about my Wukong man. <laughs> I for sure it's good luck the it's Turkish a stage beast yeah. on Wukong oh yeah. my god it's unstoppable you have a 100% win rate on a this split yeah I believe and you I think a... general maybe no 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 I lost against Unicorns of Love and Verse to be honest yeah I remember now oh it does yeah. have a loss so, so yeah. gods do bleed I guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you won every game this year so so that's a positive undefeated in the lec um dang dude it's like it's actually i'm still i mean i even played versus karma which is really really, really hard, hard matchup like it's really hard but yeah. i didn't get punished that hard so i was like okay but I, i'm okay going equal cs with karma with wukong you know i don't mind which surprised me as well because then you had also humanoid playing tf into lucian mid and he goes even as well do you think yeah. rogues because when we looked at the series, like Draco said, the last time you guys faced, it felt like rogues had such winning lanes to the point where they had CS differences and the early game was mm-hmm. won from lanes. And barring your bot lane in this series on Sunday getting 2v2 killed, it didn't feel like they pushed too many leads in the solo lanes in the early game. Yeah, I think we were winning top lane and mid lane and jungle, to be honest. I don't know what was the problem for them, but mm. we were winning. Yeah. yeah. When you uh, look at the opposite side, kind of for rogue, like... How did you feel about their performance overall? You said you really feel like they should have won game five. Like, did you did you yeah. ever feel like they were the better team than you in no. this series? To be honest, after first two games, we felt like little angry because we thought they didn't deserve to win the LEC into us because we we all felt like we were just better than them in yeah. stage at least. Because like in scrims and like official Regular season, they were seemed like my stronger team. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was their problem, but in stage at this at that day, I felt like we were just so much better than them. So I'm happy that we proved. Yeah, and I mean, we heard Odawame talk about it after round one. Like he was really frustrated and he was really confident, kind of saying exactly what you're saying, which is like he felt like he was the better team. Um, and I think that maybe maybe Rogue just really struggled to transition all that stuff to stage because I don't I I don't actually know who you would scrim. In the final week, do you just pick whoever you think is not going to make it and no, scrim that just person? No, just take both. 
You just take both. Yeah, you just take both. <laughs> Wait, so you scrimmed Rogue the same week you had to play yeah, Rogue yeah, in the finals? Yeah, you, yeah, like same with G2. Like, you, there is not a, like there is no one to scrim it. True, yeah. unless it's like national teams, I suppose, yeah. or like ERL teams. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you at least scrimmed both because I can imagine that the nightmare would be like, let's say you're I mean, playing semi-final. Do and... you remember they are banning Seraphine every game? Yeah. yeah. Because we were preparing for G2 to pick Seraphine. So we showed this to Rogue. But then we faced Rogue. But we want, we didn't want to play Seraphine. <laughs> and they banned every game because we played scrim against them. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got a free ban from scrims? Yeah. yeah, yeah. On stage? Free ban. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so when you're into game one and they ban Seraphine, we like, <laughs> yeah, we were like laughing. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, the champion is really broken, but that's so hilarious that it yeah. was it was just prepared just for G two, and it's oh no, that's so good. That's yeah, because really against G two series, like if you face G two, we know they would like first pick Seraphine yeah. or we yeah. first pick it because it will not go to red side for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and you know Rogue didn't play it, so you yeah like, yeah. Yeah, we don't care if they yeah. don't play. Makes sense. So did, did you <laughs> have funny. did you have a winning record against either G two or or Rogue and Scrims the week leading up to this finals week? Yeah, I think like last three weeks of Scrims, I think we were beating everyone. Like nice three two. Sometimes of course we lose also two three or something. But like in regular season, I think Rogue and G two was kind of stomping us like four one five zero. Mm. But like last three or four weeks, we were just stepping up. Like our game, like. Went much better, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. What, because, so, when we talk about stage, like, obviously, it's a stage buff, but you're still scrimming from home, right? You guys aren't yeah, coming yeah, in yeah, scrim. Yeah. So, like, what actually changed in scrim? Like, did they get worse? Did you guys get better? What actually changed in scrims for, for you, for Mad Lions, mm. to actually, like, make you start winning these scrims? Because I get the stage game angle, but how does that work in scrims, then? I think our game plan is settled. Like, we are making our bot lane strong side. We are playing from them at mid-game. We know what to do. Like, I think the other teams were like just going randomly side lane, except G2 to be honest, because I think Wunder is doing a really good job in when to when to group, when to go side lane. But like other teams just going like randomly going to take CS. So I think our macro game has improved a lot thanks to our coaching stuff. Like they teach us a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Like I had zero clue about I mean I had a little bit clue about when to go group. Like for example, if there is like Objective, I should go get mid private with my team. Yeah. But that's kind of it, you know. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a lot of things to learn. I mean, I learned a lot from macro game. When they when they teach you that kind of stuff, because I'm really interested, because we don't get to like see a lot into the mm -hmm. into the coaching staff, right? Like I got to visit Schalke this season, and that was the first time I got to talk. And I could talk to Mac a little bit about the strategy and the approach, but during the season, he's not. He doesn't want to give me the specifics, right? Because yeah. like you you got to stay keep that competitive edge. Does that look like? Do they have like? presentations do they show you vods do they just tell you yeah. what to do how do they how do they actually like teach you these things it's kind of like that actually they have like presentations that's how we should play that's how is the best teams are playing for example fpx tests blah blah like they are taking examples of them and like they are choosing the one who is more suitable for our team roster so we are kind of doing like that and like they are present uh, they are doing the presentations they are using the vaults that we already did in scrims or like good teams are doing it. For example, G2 made a really good moment. So mm. we are watching it. Oh, this is really good. We can also do that, for example. And is it something where it's like, okay, today I'm going to teach you guys this. This is why I want you to try to yeah. do scrims. Yeah, it's actually like that. Okay, so you basically get you get taught a concept in a sense. And then in, in scrims, you're like trying to apply it. Mm -hmm. Like before every scrim, we just talk one hour or half hour. Depends on the day. Depends on what we want to work on. Mm -hmm. For example, we are saying, 
we are always giving them third drake when we have two drake which is not good because we are wasting our time at soul soul time so we are focusing on third drake or second rift we are always working like that mm. it's really like working for us at least it's really yeah. good i mean it's always cool and it sounds like i think the the kind of the idea of like having a meeting at the start of the day setting something to work on something i've seen a lot i saw it at shalka it's cool to hear that you guys are doing it too but the fact that you feel like like they're doing so much to help you with this like side laning thing i think is what's really cool with me because yeah. i think that usually like coaching staffs these days i think back in the day coaching staffs were just like a flip honestly if your coach did anything <laughs> like even if you were a coach back then it was like can't... all about draft kind of like yeah if you're saying coach that means draft i mean at least it was used to be like that yeah yeah i think or or it was like coach some orgs were just like here's a guy you know what i mean like yeah. sadly i can only speak to the early dairies of of the eu lc and he's like a people person like he's like a, he's though. like nice he like takes care of the team and like <laughs> it's a position that riot's paying for so someone's gonna do it right um but yeah it, it has definitely gotten more advanced and i think that we hear a lot about coaches who are like facilitators for discussion. They ask you questions. They make sure everyone's opinions are heard. We hear very rarely about coaches who are like very like big brain macro geniuses. Mm -hmm. I think it's just hard to hard to be smarter than a professional player about the game. But it is cool that when it comes to like learning a lot of the more fundamental or I guess the more advanced things about being a top laner and like side wave control. So yeah. it's like so beyond anything that I know or can understand that they have something ready to teach you. I think that's like what makes it really yeah, special. Yeah, for example, let's say I'm playing a winning matchup in Scrim and I'm losing. Like it yep. can happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it did happen many times before in Scrims, to be honest. Then we watched our, like my laning 1v1 with my coach, like me and my coaches. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to like, why did I lose this lane? You know, I should yeah. have won. Like, for example, when to hit minion, when to not hit minion, when to go ward, when to go base, like, every, when to trade. Like, there is so many little things that change your laning, and they also teach me that. So, I my laning was really bad when I joined the LEC, to be honest, and I, I improved a lot. I can feel it. That's super cool. That's like, really because cool. against, like, Odoamne, Wunder, Broken Blade, the laning was so hard when I joined to the LEC, but, like, it's it's not that hard anymore. Like because I know the basics, I know the fundamentals right now. What's crazy is again, without knowing the fundamentals, you said you were bad at laning. Yeah, and you still and I'm sorry, Arome, you're crushing it in the national league. You beat the crap out of Arome last world with that level <laughs> of knowledge. You know what I mean? Okay. So no, but I never beat him in the laning that hard mm, because true. I was always the team fighter guy. I was always picking the scaling champ and going for the team face team fights. Like I'm always a good flanker. Yeah. Like, if you watch my Wukong games and like some other champions, I'm always really good at flanking. I know. I saw you sat in, sit in that bush for like a minute yeah. and a half. <laughs> that was that like one. my team. They we are basing, and I was like, okay, maybe I should base. Oh, never mind. I'm just staying because next trick is coming. They're gonna come here for sure. I'm just waiting one minute. <laughs> like I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but this is my job, you know. If I'm playing the flank champion, I should flank. Yeah, so. and I, I can remember during the season, I don't know if you remember this game, you played Jason to Nara against, against Broken Blade, I think it was. Yeah. And I think you lost the lane because you lost yeah. your tower. And that was the point. I was like, hmm, interesting that he lost lane. But then you got to team fights. Yeah. And you did like 5,000 damage in fights. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, your score Cassidy. went from like 0-1 or 0-2 to like 5-6-1. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, the lane phase wasn't that that great, but he's popping off in fights. And I can see the improvement. Is, uh, is that something you're feeling? I mean, to be honest, that game was weird about my laning because I leashed. Mm. We cross-mapped and I leash and now start pushing lane. I cannot win this matchup because I don't think like Jace level 1 is so weak right at the moment. So you have to push level 1 into NAR, otherwise you are not winning the lane. So I cannot win that lane, that mm. game. 
Oh, and like what I think is Nar is just stronger laning champion than Jace. It's kind of weird. Nar is OP. Nar is OP. Like I'm picking <laughs> it like many times. Blind pick, just yeah, even you did, side, you just did, pick Nar. Yeah, you did blind pick it in a G2 repeatedly. Yeah. And they tried again. Uh, speaking of graphics with ridiculous stats, your ridiculous laning stats against G2 in that series, you were like plus 16 CS up every time, blind, just blind picking, chain blind picking. <laughs> yeah, Nar. like they were just ganking me over, over, and like I was dying to every gank, like, <laughs> and but I was still winning my lane one one because <laughs> Nar is just broken, and they were just picking some champions like Silas. They tried Jace as well, Gragas, Silas. Yeah, they all tried these Jace, Gragas. I mean, Gragas was to be honest, it's just for even if you are Nar, but yeah, like. Okay. They tried Jay Silas, which champions are good if you get the lead. But I think I played the matchups pretty good in the laning. Yeah. Um, thinking about G2 now overall, mm -hmm. like I think a lot of people are still really shocked that we're in this position where it's you guys going to going to MSI and not G2. What do you, from your perspective, we've talked a lot about it already. Like what what went wrong for G2 in playoffs that they did get knocked out? Because you beat them, then Rogue beat them. Like, mm -hmm. What do you see that's like the biggest issue that G2 had in, in this playoffs? I mean, I think they were not as good as used to be, like as the individuals and like as a team, because I didn't feel like they were ready. I mean, which I also heard them from their interview with Pinoy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were just, I mean, Yenko said they were like slacking off. So I'm pretty sure they will come back stronger because like when you look at their roster, like their players is really insane. Like, Mm -hmm. They all have potential to 1v9 a game. And to be honest, in our games, like Medlines versus G2, we just outperformed every individual against them, to be honest. That's what I felt, actually. Yeah, like against Rogue, their drafts were, like, really weird, to be honest. I didn't understand anything about these drafts. Like, and they also said they this meta was not for them. And, like, yeah, it was, like, hard season for them, I guess. Like regular Siblet, I think they were pretty good. But in playoffs, they just couldn't find the balance in the team. Yeah, I think it's 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 hard to... That's the big thing, right? Because I think you're right. I think it's the thing that everybody sees is that like on paper, every player on this roster can 1v9. And then when you come in and people... And it feels like across the board, the team starts to underperform. It's really hard to pin it down. And I almost wish for G2 so we could have clear, like it's it's hard to set any realistic expectations for them in summer. Because we I think we all assume, I assume you are in the same boat, that it's just like they come back stronger. Mm -hmm. Again, they, they're a top team summer, yeah. no questions asked. It's hard to doubt them. It's really hard to doubt them. But like what happens if this keeps happening? Because it's um the whole, like everyone's going to give G2 the benefit of the doubt, right? And myself included. When they say, hey, we're slacking off. Hey, we got a raid on the meta. We just kind of trust that that's what it is and that they can just flip it around and in a different meta and different circumstances they really show up but i mean this is rough this is this is unprecedented for for g2 and for and for europe and in a good way in the case of mad lions winning out being a new champion but also in a way where i'm i'm wondering what happens now to to these five players i can't i can't imagine carlos is the kind of guy who would go spring to summer roster swap i don't think that that doesn't solve no, that we didn't solve. work hard enough problem right like but I don't know. Kendra, yeah. what Kendra, on your eyes, as someone looking in from the outside, is this like is this the motivation G2 need to like come back Super Saiyan and like try to be on top again? Well, I think the team itself having a break is always good because G2's basically been winning everything over the last two or three years. So a break like this would actually do them pretty good. I think if they went to MSI, I think you can see this. I was talking to Bwipo uh, backstage and he was saying things like well, if you win everything, you win spring, you win, you go to MSI, you win MSI, 
then by about halfway through summer you're already yeah. starting to feel really burnt out you know like halfway to summer split you're like whoa jesus man when's my break yeah so g2 get a break i think that's good um i don't think they'll do any roster swaps they should reevaluate probably their performance and their slacking off um but you could already see it the second they lost uh that best five i think it was to you when they started just grinding solo queue wonder was on it yeah. everyone was everyone was reactivated but all yeah. they had was five days worth like four days of scrims and five days of time yeah but now they're gonna have a month or two um like you said it's impossible to doubt you two yeah that's it's true. impossible do you think they'll come back in summer stronger I mean, they have. I mean, I think they will for sure. To yeah, be I honest. think so too. They were just not not tryharding enough because I think the burnout might burnout might be the reason. I mean, even I feel like I don't have vacation and I don't win the MSI and I don't win like I don't go up in worlds or something. Mm. But you are, and I think a lot of people will forget that you you are a guy who has essentially not really gotten a big break in a long time because yeah. you go TCL, TC or TCL yeah. international, TCL international. Now you're here, you win, you're going MSI. So you're also in the middle of like yeah. a really long sprint. I really True. wanted that vacation to be <laughs> You wanted the vacation? <laughs> yeah. But, but like, <laughs> I mean, if it was against G2, I yeah. wouldn't mind getting 3-0, but like against Rogue that series, I was like, it can't happen. We cannot let this yeah. happen, you know? Yeah. And like, I really wanted vacation. We really wanted vacation, but like, we have to go MSI, guys. I'm sorry. Like, we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you... <laughs> well, at least now you get you get like a week break now, I guess. Yeah. But you yeah. want more than that, don't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really tough. And I, we talked about this before the podcast started. And for anyone who doesn't know, the, the Riot Games uh, League of Legends esports calendar is is brutal. Yeah. It's brutal, it's brutal as a caster sometimes. Um, and so I can't even imagine what it's like as a pro player because I cast every week, but... I don't practice five practice casts five times a day. Yeah. I would not be able to handle that. My voice wouldn't be able to handle that. Yeah. So it's like, how, how are you guys, uh, you specifically feeling this? I think the person who's most likely, who's, who has done the most recently, mm -hmm. given that you um, knocked the Mad Lions out of Worlds, as we have to say one more time. Um, but like, how, how, are you, how are you and the team feeling about like the potential for, for burnout here? Because this is kind of a, this is the first time that Mad Lions really have to worry about that, I think, going from mm -hmm. um, season into MSI and then pretty quickly, depending on how far you make it in MSI, right yeah. back to summer. I mean, it also depends on the MSI. I mean, it depends on what you're gonna do, you know? And if we have like good success, we are planning to start scrims later than how we used to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's say if you don't go MSI, we are starting two weeks before the summer split. But now I think we're gonna start like two weeks later or same time with summer split. Yeah. I mean, I think our coaching staff and like the organization gonna handle this, so it's not, it should be no problem. And we have like ten days of off day right now, so mm -hmm. it should really be good. fine. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Are you um, are you excited to get back into kind of the rhythm of of scrimming international teams? Because I don't know what it was like and how many scrims you were able to get when you were when you were fighting up through through plans. Uh, mm -hmm. as a tcl representative because i know that some regions really struggle to get to get scrims against like the big mm -hmm. the big uh the big two i guess right now in the lck and the lpl are you like yeah. excited to scrim lck lpl teams i mean when you're not ready scrimming against the best teams are like not worth it because the game's just over in the laning there is nothing to review as a team so it's kind of waste of time mm. in my opinion but like right now i think with the mad lions we are also from top teams we are like champion of lec so I think it should be like it should be like really educational for us to face like really good teams, you know, top teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm and, and that's kind of the big thing that I'm hoping for, right? I think regardless of like all obviously I'm always like finger crossed, let's like 
one more time, one more MSI champion. But I, I didn't <laughs> believe that it was going to happen then until I saw Team Liquid in the final. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold my breath. You know what I mean? And it's not even like it sounds like shade, but like TL just wasn't that good at that point, even though like but they, they beat IG. Yeah, but I God, that we they did. They earned that victory. I will not take it away from them, but IG was a little sus that day. That's all. I'll but say. it feels like that's the kind of story of the West over the last year or two, like scrims against the Asian teams or just the Korean LPL teams. It's like the lane phase is already too rough. Yeah. But then when they get on stage, it feels like the game's just already different. Like the biggest thing that stands out to me is G2 Damwon. When, yeah. when G2 made their run to the finals and they faced Damwon, I think it was in the quarters, they even sent in scrims like, these guys are unbeatable. But when it got to stage, G2 just won. Do you think that there's some kind of some kind of stage difference in those teams or is there something that's, maybe it's just the scrims you disrespect them more? Uh, I don't think people are disrespecting in the scrims. Like for example, if you are from top team, you cannot disrespect of any opponent in scrims. Like otherwise, you are just wasting your time and your team's time. I think no one is doing the disrespecting if you are like top teams. So uh, the stage, the pressure, like like at worst, like many people are watching you. So mm -hmm. if you are if you are like, I will. I don't want to say weak mentality, but how do I say this? Like I don't know. Like if you are like like you get like nervous or yeah yeah yeah. I mean. That kind of changed everything. Like stage, I always feel like in scrims, oh, this guy is really beast at top lane. Like, yeah. but we are now in stage. Okay, like I'm just you're just chilling. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm kind of beating anyone. Like maybe it's because you become a beast on stage. <laughs> maybe both. Maybe like, both. <laughs> I don't like stage gives you power, but takes from someone too. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, kind of staying on MSI for a few minutes here. When we had El Yoya on, he was he like was hesitant to share his opinion because he has a pretty negative opinion of EU right now overall. <laughs> but he did he did share in the end, which is that like he's like, yeah, there the gap between like EU junglers and people like Canyon is massive. The other thing he said was that the gap between EU top laners and Asian top laners, LCK LPL top laners, is massive. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that going in? Like playing against the big names, playing against the heavy hitters. I've heard so many horror stories of scrims against the shy and how un absolutely unplayable. <laughs> Luckily, it is. he's not there this time. Luckily, he's still... not there this time. But there's other equally terrifying top yeah. laners. There is like Khan. That's what we know, right? Khan. This is, yeah. Khan is the only yeah. one who's like from uh, L yeah, LSK. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's and really Fudge. Scary. Don't forget Fudge from Fudge. North America. Yeah. Yeah. And Fudge. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, just go talk about Khan. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, that's yeah. by the way. If you lose to Fudge now yeah. in lane, that's so, getting clipped out and thrown yeah. back in your face. Okay. Just for the record, just okay. so you know. Oh, the left okay. was great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Khan. And I'm expecting Nuguri to come. Like, I already played against Nuguri. It was 2019 Worlds. He was really good back then. I was like, this guy moves different. Like, you know, I could, like, his mouse is like, it's like he's doing something weird moves. Like, it was, and he was just going klepto, no matter the matchup. Like, he was just disrespecting any opponent and he was still winning. It was, like, really weird, to be honest. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good. <laughs> that guy's crazy good. Yeah, when he was, yeah. It was it was terrifying when he was taking Klepto and like winning every matchup anyway. And then when they took Klepto out of the game and he came back the next year and he like actually had to take a real keystone, you're like, oh no, please. <laughs> Mercy. Yeah, that was that was super, super terrifying. Um yeah, I think overall when we look at MSI, it's I'm I'm just kind of curious to see what to expect. But I think shifting attention back domestically, 
since we don't i wish we knew more of who you were going to play against obviously mm-hmm. um, lpl's not finished yet lpl's not finished yet we we know your group we know you're going to be playing against the tcl i guess actually yeah. that's the last question that i'd really love to know it's like how does it how does it feel to play against the TCL now as an LEC representative? Yeah. Like, is that a like? It's are you weird. Are, do you feel good about that? Or are you like, I want to beat the TCL? Yeah, or are you I like, want to beat the TCL. Like, I don't feel bad because why should I feel bad for winning? You know, <laughs> I mean, if they're better than us, I, I wouldn't mind losing. You know, I mean, I would be of course really sad. But like this time, I'm representing the Europe, which is really weird to me because I always represented Turkey, my mm-hmm. home country. It's gonna be weird facing them as a representative of Europe. It's gonna be really weird. But I'm looking forward to face like Turkish players. You know, it's it must be fun to play against my people. You know. Yeah, that sounds really cool. It's actually like such I think such a cool. It's like being an EU player and representing an A in a sense. Yeah, there's for sure. It must feel like people mm-hmm. have to try hard ten times more. Do you do you feel like you guys? You know you have to beat Cloud Nine, right? Like I was gonna say, do you feel like you know? I, but I'm gonna tell you right now, you have to beat Cloud Nine. True. <laughs> Don't you pressure him, man. No, he needs to know. <laughs> I, I can't handle like I love you, Luca. I love you, Sven. I love you, Mithy. But like I cannot handle the tweets. I cannot <laughs> handle the tweets if we yeah. lose to 2017 G2. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like G2 did win somewhere in the end. Yeah. In the West. Oh no, dude, come on. <laughs> so just to let you know, before we go back, to no the pressure, message, but I have to beat them. Otherwise, no pressure. You have to yeah. beat them. Good. So then we set the record just because the EU fans also would be like, you have to tell him he has to win. Um, next season, though. In record pace. In record pace. <laughs> 10 minutes or less. Um, they have to surrender at 15 or it's a BG. Um, next season is also what's really interesting to me because I think that with G2 and Fnatic knocked down, everyone expects immediately G2 to rise back up. I think Rogue are still expected to be a very good team. But when you look at, when you look at Summer, are you expecting like a more competitive season? Because yeah, we look, we look sure. back at the regular season, like at the end of the day, you guys were pretty clearly third place. You guys got even better in playoffs, but there were, there was a really tight race for the bottom of the table. And a lot of those teams, when I look at them, teams like Misfits, you know, I kind of expect to get better in summer. How, how much tighter do you think the race is going to be in summer? I mean, at this season, there was kind of like three good teams and someone can be fourth, you know, because we didn't have clear fourth place. I think it was like, Schalke, Fnatic, SK fighting for it. Mm-hmm. I would say Schalke and Fnatic was just like a little bit better than SK. Mm-hmm. But like against Schalke and Fnatic, we didn't know which one is much better. I mean, they trioed kind the Fnatic kind of the Schalke. So. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they com- kind of com- com- coming still, into playoffs. Yeah, we yeah, didn't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the bottoms, I mean, I don't think, I mean, there will be, of course, bottom. But I don't know what's going to change for bottom. But like for first sixth place, I think we're going to like improve so much because like spring season is kind of like many people are just not try harding enough, the mm. good teams, in my opinion. But summer, like there is worlds, you know? Yeah. People just going to go all in. They are going to go all in. And now G2 have vacation time, so they will not be burned out. Fnatic is on vacation. I mean, everyone is vacation except Medline, so. <laughs> do you think, actually, do you think they'll, how long do you think they'll go on vacation for? Because if all the all the best teams in the world are coming to Europe, mm-hmm. do you think they'll scream them? I think they're going to start screaming like two weeks be- before the summer season. Mm. I mean, that's what everyone going to do probably. So they're not going to, you don't think they're going to scream the MSI teams? 
MSI teams. Yeah, yeah, because it's because it's in Iceland. All oh, the teams are going to be playing oh, on EU West. US solo queue. Wait, I actually, to be fair, don't know that. That's just what I assumed logically, though. So yeah, that would make sense. Right? I don't know what other server they could play yeah, on. So I'm pretty sure they're on EU West, but that, that's not official makes until sense, they, they yeah. Because like, let's say like uh, G2 won the split. Do you think you guys would be screaming MSI teams even though you had a break? Do you think other teams? No. Would go, <laughs> no. <laughs> you want your vacation? <laughs> we didn't need that vacation. Man. They, they were they were ready to throw three games in a row against. Too. Like as long as it's literally the fact that they could not stand to lose to Rogue that we have you sitting here today. Okay. I mean, to be honest, like losing the finals, I, I don't mind losing the finals. Like I want better team to win, of course. But like losing 3-0 to some team in finals is kind of sad because like there is not much fun watching it. Because I want people to have enjoy while watching me, of course. Mm. I mean, yeah, I really want people to have enjoy what they watch. Well, he definitely made the series a banger. Yeah. I think. Going down zero two and on purpose, obviously. Yeah, like to yeah, have more fun yeah, yeah, for more fun for the it was more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as you lost, you know, just a quick and three two. We should also go behind it last game, so everyone think, oh, Medline's lost, and they should stop watching it. Then, then one more time, you turn around, two quick yeah, teams turn fights, it on. turn it around, yeah. one Meganar, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Easy. I just died like five times to give them hope. Do, do you guys remember my mid death that I'm dying to? I'm flashing out, then I'm walking back, then Rice EW, Senna one shots me. Yeah, in, in tier one mid. Yeah. Yeah. It was like yeah. really And then question Senna queue through the tower. Everyone thought, yeah. like I'm inting, but I was just doing it on purpose. Giving them uh, that's kind of intentional. Okay. That's what Point. I say when I lose Mario Kart to um, Cajal's SO, who's just cracked at double dash. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm falling behind deliberately to, to make you, to give you a false sense of security. Yeah. Any moment now, I'm going to turn it around yeah. and, and just come back for first place. Boom. Just just like that. And we only got first place once. That's true. We go, uh, <laughs> in like 30, 30 games. Okay. Let's, but, like, yeah. We didn't need to go that far into the story. They didn't need to know that we just got embarrassed for an entire day. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I'm I'm honestly like I'm just super thrilled for Mad Lions that you guys have been able to achieve this. I know all your players worked really hard. It's also just a, it's a good story for both for you and El Yoya especially him coming in his rookie mm -hmm. split, you coming in replacing a guy. I'm a sucker for narrative as people are starting to learn more and more, and the narrative is a just storyline. It's just too damn good. And um, I think the, the coolest thing to me about the whole series to bring it back one more time was the fact that you were zero two down. You win game three despite them being ahead and like with Baron. Then game four, you just smashed them in 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to game five. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, game four was really stump. Like, it was like, it was game really four. stump. Yeah. Every other game in the series, it was like early leads didn't matter because it always mm -hmm. came down to like one or two team fights. Because that, we were never had to be honest. This yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but even, even Rogue, like, right, like, even the game, even game two, Rogue got ahead early. Then you guys brought it back. And then Rogue won anyway, right? Like, you guys kind of threw it towards the end. But then. Game four was the only game in the series, and I kind of skipped over it a few times in the cast because it didn't match the rest of the games, right? It was kind of like the well, that's when they were trying. That's that was the that, that was, was unleashed. That was the Madeline's true form of it. Like, yeah. okay, fine, we'll just take it game five quickly, you know, just so people, you know, don't want to go Bro, to bed too late. That's such a disrespectful <laughs> narrative. <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> oh damn. Hearts out to Rogue, though. Obviously, oh, yeah. like really, really tough way to lose. Really tough overall. Um Again, though, I want to keep it kind of like lighthearted and kind of focusing more on on next season because I think this is something that I'm really excited. I'm really excited for summer. And Kedro, I'm curious for you, like, who are you? Who are you the most hyped to see? Who are you the most? What are you most fired up about? I don't know. I, I think spring to summer changes are kind of difficult, but some of them work to the point where your team just randomly becomes super good. Like Schalke, to me, I think it was 2017 spring. They were flopping a bit. Then summer, amazing comes in and they go to finals. So I think a spring to summer change can be good. I don't know which teams will do it. I think most of the bottom teams will probably look to change one or two people. Um, it's As far as teams I'm looking at, I think Armut's hit the, the nail on the head. There's the fourth place of Schalke Fnatic. And then there's SK, who's probably going to be just as good. I think those six teams might keep their roster. The other four are going to be question marks to me. 
I guess I'd say Excel. Um, actually, speaking of Excel, Bwipo said, which actually caught me and Draco slightly off guard in a sense. He, we were doing a top lane tier list mm-hmm. in the regular season. And he said Kreis was pretty much like the fourth best top laner he played against in lane. Now, this is a very off-topic question, but I just want to hear your thoughts on that, actually. You want the regular season or yeah. general? Yeah, yeah. I, wanna, I can give you the regular season. I mean, just for laning, top lane, I felt like Odomna was such a beast, actually, in regular season as a laning. It was really hard to play against him. And then it was Broken Blade, the second one. Then it was Wunder. Then it was, I think it was me, then fourth one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's Fair how enough. I would rank, yeah. Cool. It's it's interesting, yeah, because I think there was there was so much there's so many different things, and it's I it's, I would be curious now if we invited all the top laners on to talk because you talked a lot about how much better you got at laning, how much like coaching mm-hmm. stuff helped. I would be curious if we had like I wish now knowing that you this is something that you had to work on that we had like had a ranking from week one and had a ranking from like coming into finals week so we could have seen how the, all the perspectives like changed yeah. over the course of the season. It would be nice. Okay, It'd be cool. cool. Yeah, but summer's gonna be summer's gonna be fun. I love I love spring to summer changes. I don't know why the roster swaps, but it just gives this huge wave of hope to teams. It's also know. just summer season is always, always more intense. It's always more fun yeah. because every single team, no team expects to lift the trophy. At least what you did and you like, you've defied all the odds because people have kind of just accepted for the most part that G2 is, G2 is going to win. They're unbeatable. That is just what it is. So everyone is only focused on worlds, right? The only thing anyone cares about yeah. is worlds. Can we get top three? Can we get top four? That, that's the only thing this that people is what are worried focused, about. Actually, the worlds... Yeah, it's because we talked with G2, with the Martin Larson, you know, <laughs> they were like, seemed really strong, to be honest. Like, they didn't have any weakness when we scrim against them in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They seemed so strong that, okay, they're, they're first. Yeah. They're first. Uh, they're first, <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, we are first. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Hell Pop yeah. Twist. <laughs> yeah. Dab on them. Um, Really good. If you're wondering why, I'm like, I'm trying to make sure that we hit everything before we close out because this is the last episode of the season. And it's, one, it's a good again to have you here. Omar. It's been, it's it's been a pleasure, dude. I wish we could do a bet or something. That would be fun. Do you want to do, we can, do you, are you a betting man, my friend? Do you well, want to bet anything on MSI? How confident are you in your MSI performance? That's the question before we, because I don't want to put you in We're going to beat TCL, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa, okay, yeah. we're going to beat TCL. <laughs> Well, That's a big bet. <laughs> I'm going to side with you on that one, though. I'm going to say it's a bold call, but I'll side with you on that one. Actually, yeah. How do you feel about MSI going into MSI? Like, do you feel confident? Do you feel confident? Yeah, like, you can... I think if we improve our, like, our laning, mm-hmm. then we, if we go equal against the Chinese and the Korean teams, I think we have, like, really solid chance because as a team, I think we are pretty strong, like, as a five. That's Hell what yeah. I think. Yeah, no, you said a similar thing. It's like if you can if you can get a lead of any kind, he really mm-hmm. has faith in European teams. If any European team, he wasn't talking about you guys specifically in this time to like to show up and make it count mid late game. But it was it was the landing phase that I think he was the most concerned about, and something that we're gonna have to track. Uh, final notes, I think, here as we start to wrap up the season again. Um, <laughs> it's the final episode. <laughs> it is for a while. I don't know if we're doing an MSI episode or not. Phil, can you give me a thumbs up, thumbs down? That's a shrug. We'll find out if we're doing MSI content. If we are, maybe we'll call you back in for an interview oh, yeah, while you're you. chilling in Iceland <laughs> and we're trapped over here in, in Berlin still. <laughs> woo, woo. Um, but uh, again, thanks to everyone who who watched and who's been here across the entire season. Congrats again to you and the Mad Lions Thank for you. winning, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. that We've said this narrative many times, but it's the new era. <laughs> there was no Fnatic and G2 in that final. I don't know if you guys noticed. How crazy will it be if in summer Mad Lions win again or Rogue wins and there's no G2 Fnatic titles in an entire year? So as much as I love Mad, I would love it if a different team that was not G2 or Fnatic won. That would be what would be really insane. 
then like Europe's just I, turned if you went back to back, be not not the same, but yeah, that would be really crazy because then it's like it could be anyone's game at any point True. heading into 2022. True. That's what I would love. But if Mad want to like do the whole like Dynasty Kings legacy, whatever, whatever, and win four times back to back, I'll respect that too. You know, that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, <laughs> last note, Cadrill was your finals cast, first finals cast. It was only my actually second finals cast. I was supposed to cast last summer too, but I got sick. And Aww. when you get sick in the era of COVID, you stay home because you don't know if it's COVID or not, and that's yeah. just kind of is what it is. Um, but it was an absolute banger. Thank you for giving us five games as it was all calculated. Yeah. Um, no problem. It, even if it was three games, it was still a damn good series because no one just cleanly uh, stomped in those first three games. I will be honest, though. In the third game when they had Baron and Caitlyn were kind of sieging else, like, oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's over. And then the yes. TV behind, and they split up. And another fight, and they split up. And then you won. And I was like, oh. And then they stomped him. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> but I, we were losing 2-0. I was just three. Too, you know like, the fact that you did that and then made that happen is the most baller shit i've ever seen <laughs> by the so way baller. because you would get memed for the rest of your yeah, career for that yeah. if you lost but i like i felt like winning actually that day so like okay. after losing the second game i felt that we just gonna we just have to win you know that is really baller i yeah. love that you and cars do the same thing when you come into interviews and you just like you deliver like such such intense answers so casually like i don't know we just felt like we uh we had to win, you know. It just is what it is. It just we just decided it was time. Turn it on. Just you, time. All, you always make it sound like I know you guys are sweating a game, but at the second you're out of the game, you're like, bam, casual. And I saw you guys actually. And every time Ender joined the lobby before the game, you guys were writing to them yeah, so yeah. much. Like, <laughs> was trying to tell them. Cars, you. I remember Cars. He was writing things like, uh, yeah, Armwood, super carry all the resources for Armwood. He was like talking. Is Wukong counter to Karma? <laughs> they were getting in their heads so much. It was so funny. It was really funny. Oh, and then Rogue wasn't writing back too much, but Cars, <laughs> he was just writing a book to them. It was so crazy funny. He's learned that from G2. I know there's so many teams who just turn off all chat against, against the teams who type. No, but like we were losing to Ziran, like we are the bullying them, you know? <laughs> it was like really weird. Hashtag mental edge. Oh my God. It is I wish we could edge. show everybody all chat. Okay, I'll wrap it. I'll wrap it here then again. Final final notes. Thank you. Congrats, dude. Yeah. Super big congrats. Congrats Thank to you so and the much. entire team. I know everyone was working hard yeah. in your first season in the lec you said you wanted to fight at the top now you like now you've won at the top and you're going even higher yeah you broke history really? it broke history yeah you and I, that's crazy dude like you first time it's not alliance was the last team to do it so as long as you don't get kaboomed you are in a different <laughs> tier for the rest of your, your career you're set yeah. um, wait, wait when was the alliance 2004 2014 so it's been almost seven years since uh non-g2 yeah yeah, yeah yeah medic has a tweet with like the exact number of days it's it's wow. it's, it's uh it's really crazy so congrats again great. to you congrats to you cage on your first split as a caster thank you thank you for joining me on this wonderful podcast it's journey. awesome and congrats to you audience i hope you uh, enjoyed all 13 episodes of this podcast i'm saying congrats which sounds like really self-absorbed but it just flowed well so just know that i appreciate you and what i really meant to say is thank you for watching um we may or may not be back for msi if we are not keep your eyes on cadrel's twitch channel twitch.tv slash as he may be doing some alternative msi after dark after hours after you've seen it before at worlds We're, there will be i promise you some long kind of... form discussion podcast yep. content about msi whether it is here in the form of euphoria or somewhere else we will keep you posted we will let you know where it's going there might even be two podcasts running at the same time but thank you again this has been season seven of euphoria mad lions are your lec champions woot woot they are your msi representatives <laughs> armit is the goat he is the team fight king 
He Turkish was a stage beast. Turkish, Turkish stage beast. beast. We're gonna do. What, we're, what's the one name you think is the best? So, in me and Drake also, like maybe yeah, yeah, for maybe one day when we're casting you in Summer Speed or something, you're popping off. What do we? Is it the Turkish stage beast? Yeah, I mean, I would okay. love that. Actually, it's okay. like it sounds fun. Yeah. I like it a lot. Turkish stage beast, got it locked in. Before we go, last last opportunity for you. I'm gonna keep saying that it's last opportunity. This podcast okay. is gonna go for five more years. We're just gonna keep saying one more time, one more thing. You've said it's, it now five more years. Five years, two hundred years. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyway, last thing. Is there anything you want to say to fans? Is there anything you want to say to Turkish fans, to LEC fans, to Mad Lions fans? Before we go, um, as kind of final notes, because this is gonna be the last time probably they hear from you until Mad Lions releases mm-hmm. some content or until we see you. Uh, in Reykjavik, in Iceland. I mean, there is so many support behind me and behind my team, which is really insane because when it was in the start of the split, there was like not many Madlines fun. But right now, I feel like even before the finals, they we had like so many funds that was really insane. Like from Turkey, from Czech, from like everywhere in the world. It was really insane to having you guys like yeah supporting us <laughs> so thanks so much for everything yeah i love it we'll end it there awesome. man thank you to everyone who support the mad lions thank you to everyone who continue to support the mad lions at msi remember there are two wolves inside of you one wolf who will always cheer for europe no matter what and one part of you that might say i wish a different team would be here but you're gonna shut the up anyway and cheer for <laughs> mad lions because they're your representatives <laughs> Started on a meme, have to end on a meme. Both of them are like eight years old, so apologies if you don't know who those are to the younger viewers. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it for us. This has been season seven. Congrats again to Arma, congrats again to Mad. It is Mad Supremacy here in the LEC and hopefully at MSI. We'll see you guys later. See you.